Welcome to Beyond Infinity, Piers Cunningham with you. Now, I couldn't resist talking about the news that Tom Cruise is slated to make a film aboard the International Space Station. Now, he's doing that with the help of Axiom Space, which is a Houston-based space services company, and also with the backing of Elon Musk, who I would guess is providing the transportation or maybe having a hand in providing the transportation to and from the ISS aboard the newly certified Crew Dragon spacecraft, which successfully has already launched people to the ISS. In fact, there's another launch coming up very shortly and will basically replace the Soyuz as the means by which American astronauts uh, get up to the International Space Station and others for that matter, Europeans, other partner nations in the ISS may well be flying aboard the Crew Dragon rather than the Soyuz. It's an exciting project and not too much is known about the actual content of the film or the plot and the storyline, but Tom Cruise is a guy who's famous for doing his own stunts in, in other movies that he's done in his career, uh, whether it's um, climbing up skyscrapers, jumping out of planes. Uh, a lot of his stunts have been his own work, and uh, so this will be his stuntman expertise really being pushed to the limits in space, in low Earth orbit at the International Space Station, which is a large area. I think the interior space is roughly equivalent to the interior space of a 747 Jumbo. So quite a large internal space, but it comprises um, a bunch of modules that are all bolted together. And so it's not one big open space, it's several smallish rooms connected by tunnels. There's a lot of equipment up there, a lot of electrical equipment, wires, a lot of stuff that's sort of Velcroed into place on the walls. The idea of a conventional action sequence, such a hallmark of Tom Cruise's work and his, his stunts uh, to date, uh, will be actually quite difficult to, to achieve in the ISS because there's a lot of things that could be damaged and there's not a lot of space to really spread yourself out in. Astronauts can get quite injured if they try to move too quickly within the International Space Station. Apparently, that's one of the things that you learn fairly quickly when you go on board as a newbie. But it doesn't really pay to push off too quickly uh, to get to, say, uh, something on the other side of a module that you find yourself in uh, because you'll wind up hitting it pretty hard and you can injure yourself and you can also damage equipment. So slow and steady and deliberate and careful uh, seems to be the best way to maneuver around inside the ISS. Think more like that slow, graceful movement uh, of 2001 A Space Odyssey, shot back in 1968 by Kubrick using little models, really the sort of the first quite believable film about life in space and human activity and human space flight. So more deliberate, uh, careful movement on board the ISS is advisable rather than fast, quick, violent movement that can put it a bit tricky up there. Now, it's actually not the very first time that a movie's been made on board the International Space Station. Apparently, Richard Garriott, years ago, he was a space tourist. I think he paid $30 million to get up there on a Soyuz uh, rocket 
from Russia, Baikonur. He made a short film, I think it was about six minutes long, called Apogee of Fear. This was not a huge commercial success. I think it was more sort of a hobby, but he actually shot it up there on a, a small Sony portable camera and then edited it um, on board on a, on a laptop and provided the crew with a screening while up there. Um, I think he might have had a week or, or possibly even two weeks up on the International Space Station, which would have been just a fantastic thing to do. Interestingly, the idea of, of having a Tom Cruise sort of blockbuster filmed on board the International Space Station has got the full support not only of um, of Axiom Space, the uh, Houston Space Services company, and not just Elon Musk, the owner of SpaceX and uh, Tesla and uh, a, a, a hugely successful and very wealthy entrepreneur, but also uh, NASA. Now, NASA is, is a client of SpaceX. It's not the only client. SpaceX also does commercial satellite launch services, uh, but, but NASA sees its involvement as part of a push to get young people in particular, but just get the public generally more interested in space. It's kind of a marketing pitch. This is really because, you know, going forward, if Americans are to return to the moon in, in 2024, then there's going to be a lot of money spent by NASA to achieve that goal. Uh, and obviously, uh, the private sector will be heavily involved in, in making that possible, whether it's SpaceX or, or Jeff Bezos's Blue Origin or other private space companies. A lot of money is going to be, need to be spent, a lot of it from the public purse, to put people back, a man and a woman, um, back on the moon in 2024 and to establish a permanent moon base and a base station, the gateway in, in lunar orbit to service landings from orbit down to the moon. Uh, a lot of money and a lot of development and a lot of stuff has to happen and fall into place before those goals are achievable. It's going to require money. So the American public needs to be swept up in the enthusiasm and excitement and spirit of adventure and exploration and, and the desire to uh, to really get into the last frontier, uh, a moon base, a, a lunar orbiter, and then on to Mars. So a uh, Hollywood Tom Cruise blockbuster filmed on board the International Space Station, which has actually been a place where humans have, have lived in, in low Earth orbit in a very low G environment for the last 20 years since the International Space Station was, was first constructed in the early 2000s. It's a great thing for NASA and the private uh, space companies involved to have this kind of a, a movie and to, to get people really excited and enthused about spending lots of taxpayer money on those bigger goals. And this has happened in the past. Some of the, uh, the early sort of TV stuff that Werner von Braun, the, uh, the German rocket scientist who developed the Saturn V moon rocket, was instrumental in developing that. He did some early stuff in the 1950s on TV where he talked about space travel and space adventure and the excitement and, and managed to sort of get a bit of public opinion on board, which, which helped with the Apollo project and helped secure the, the government funding that was needed. Now, don't forget, it was really a purely government exercise. I mean, there were private companies that were involved as contractors to NASA to build the Saturn V moon rocket and other hardware that they needed, but it was still in the main, um, only publicly funded, whereas this effort to make a film will, will have private funding as well as NASA's cooperation and encouragement and support um, and obviously the, the return to the moon uh, and, and the, the, the desire to establish a base on the surface of the moon. 
that's going to be a, a private and public partnership. So a little bit different in the way that it's funded and the way that the project is developed from the Apollo program. This movie with Tom Cruise should be a great way to get people enthused and get the public interested. Tom Cruise will have to undergo stringent physical testing and training before going to the International Space Station to make this movie. He will be accompanied by a filmmaker and a cameraman, most likely, so there could be three people who were sent up actively to, uh, to make this film, including Tom Cruise. Maybe even less than that, but you'd imagine that it's going to have to be a, uh, a very competent cameraman up there to work in that zero-G environment, that challenging zero-G environment. They may do some training on the Vomit Comet, which is a zero-G training plane, flies a parabolic flight path. It's just a conventional uh, commercial aircraft with, with all the seats and a lot of the interior stripped out. Actually, parts of Apollo 13, the movie about the sort of successful failure of uh, the Apollo 13 mission, which nearly came unstuck on the way to the moon, was filmed on board. And it may be that some of the training for the stint on the ISS or maybe even some of the shooting will be will be done on board that. But I think if they're going to go to the extreme cost of going to the International Space Station, then maybe they'll, they'll skip the, the so-called Vomit Comet, where apparently a lot of people, including the the actors and crew who went up there to uh, film sequences for Apollo 13 uh, became violently ill. There have also been talks about the ISS being used as a space hotel. Uh, this was something that was floated by the Trump administration a few years back. And there is a podcast on our website, beyondinfinity.com.au, about that proposed future use of the ISS. This was really with a view to extending the lifetime of the ISS beyond the early 2020s when it was actually scheduled to be decommissioned after over 20 years of being that research station and a a place to study the long-term effects of zero-G on human physiology, conduct experiments and do valuable science up there. It's a very expensive object to keep in space. It has to be boosted to keep it at the right level. Otherwise, it would naturally fall down and then eventually burn up and plummet back to Earth. Using it for commercial purposes is a way of prolonging its life and uh, and paying for that, um, that necessary upkeep to keep it uh, in orbit safely and to keep all the systems working and, and, and maintain all those systems. So using it as a space hotel, using it as a movie set, using it as a commercial laboratory space where where research by companies, biotech and the like can be done. These are all ways of financing the International Space Station going forward beyond the, the time that has been envisaged for it to actually be wound up and, and um, decommissioned. If this movie goes well, then it may be that uh, other movies can be made up there. Axiom Space, the Houston-based space services company, envisages private astronaut missions to the ISS and elsewhere and on-orbit commerce and science, which could involve manufacturing, research and media and brand partnerships. They claim on their website, which is axiomspace.com, that their team has been involved with every ISS mission since the program's inception. So they have uh, ex-NASA, ex-astronauts working for them as well. So as I said uh, at the outset, not too much is known about the uh, details of this film, what it'll be about, the the setting, uh, the plot, but given that it's got 
Elon Musk involved, it's got NASA involved, and it's got Tom Cruise involved. It's likely to be an entertaining project and uh, one to keep a, an eye on. There's been talk about sending um, Tom Cruise up into space for several years, in fact, but there was always questions about how you could actually shoot a film in space. How do you structure a sequence in space? Those sort of questions were only recently answered satisfactorily. According to NASA's Jim Bridenstine, director of NASA, NASA doesn't want to be the owner and operator of the hardware. We also don't want to be the only customer. We want SpaceX and others to go get customers that are not us. So Hollywood is one such customer. Axiom is even, to, um, is even said to be targeting 2024 to begin launching its Axiom segment, which would be an, a bolt-on addition, like a module that gets added to the International Space Station. could be as a space hotel, could be as a bar or a nightclub, who knows? In addition to offering the seats to launch to the space station on board the Crew Dragon, Axiom is also set up to provide the training that a project uh, such as a movie, would require using the same team that has prepared NASA astronauts for the journey. So the director, Doug Lyman, who has made various films, The Born Identity, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, and Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise, he is the one who will accompany Tom Cruise on the action-adventure film uh, to be shot in outer space. Uh, there's yet to be announcements of a studio that's attached to the project, and the exact timeline, when it's going to be shot, is yet to be tied down. A figure of $55 million has been reported as the cost for Tom Cruise's seat on board a Crew Dragon, but that may not include the uh, expenses associated with training and logistics support. Logistics support would encompass uh, the launching movie cameras and other equipment for the shoot. It could be that the price of just accessing and working on orbit could very quickly exceed $178 million, which was the entire production budget for Tom Cruise's 2018 movie Mission Impossible Fallout. So very high costs involved with making a film in space. Now, some people have also questioned whether the 50-year, 80-year-old Tom Cruise is actually fit to go into space and whether he's getting a bit long in the tooth to be doing that. But um, others say that uh, Tom Cruise is very professional. He's done lots of stunt work in the past, including those Top Gun films and the Top Gun sequel, and that if anyone can handle it, then Tom Cruise can. He also has that experience of making films as a successful actor, which is going to be required to, to shoot a movie at the ISS, a success. An example of a film that was made in space was the... 1985 IMAX documentary film, The Dream is Alive. Now, in that, 14 astronauts were given about 25 hours of training, according to the director and IMAX co-founder, Graham Ferguson. They had, on average, about nine magazines of film per flight. So, basically, they could shoot around 27 minutes, um, even then, to get the footage needed for the 37-minute final film, IMAX cameras were flown on three separate missions. Now, IMAX cameras continued to fly throughout most of the space shuttle program. On later missions, astronauts shot scenes in 3D and used high-definition digital cameras to substitute for the much larger film models. In addition to The Dream is Alive, five more IMAX films featured scenes shot by the astronauts in space. Another film documentary was the 2010 IMAX documentary 
Hubble 3D. One of the issues was that because you're, you're traveling around the Earth every 90 minutes, you're going into darkness regularly, that you can get set up for a shot and then suddenly you're plunged into darkness for 45 minutes until sunlight comes on again. So that can add, add some complexity and controlling the lighting sufficiently to get the shots when you can because orbital mechanics are uh, affecting your lighting. It makes it even tougher and more complicated to, uh, to shoot a film successfully in space. There was limited space on board the shuttle to film in. There's even less space on board the Crew Dragon. It would be possible to, uh, to film on board the space station in one particular area of it without impacting too much on the crew who are doing their normal work that needs to be done up there. Apparently Tom Cruise is uh, reasonably familiar with the size and layout of, uh, of the International Space Station, having served as narrator of the 2002 IMAX documentary Space Station 3D. In that uh, voiceover work, Cruise says... One day you too may visit the space station. You might be an engineer inventing a whole new technology. You could be a doctor or an ecologist studying the Earth. Or you could be planning a trip to another planet, said Cruz in his voiceover. Without mentioning, you could be a movie star or a director as a thing that, that you might do up on the International Space Station. But let's hope that that bodes well and, and does wind up happening. It'd be very exciting to have a film shot on board the International Space Station and let's hope that it does have that desired effect of really stimulating the public and getting them behind the Artemis project to return people to the surface of the moon as early as 2024. You're listening to Beyond Infinity. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our program website, beyondinfinity.com.au, where you'll find our complete back catalogue of over 600 podcasts. That's beyondinfinity.com.au. 